Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we will be discussing an article titled Foreign Animal Disease, Implications for Traceability. To discuss this article, I'm joined today by the author, Dr. Elliot Dennis, who's the Livestock Marketing Economist at the University of Nebraska. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Dennis. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. The focus of this article is on understanding the impacts of foreign animal disease and how those would have implications for trade on beef supplies in the United States. In this article, you also discuss what could be the possible impacts of a disease outbreak such as foot and mouth disease on beef and cattle prices should it be found in the United States. Give us some perspective on how trade occurs in the United States as we think about imports and exports and how a disease event like BSE or foot and mouth disease has such a great impact. So one of the ways that we tend to think about trade is exports. If we have an export agreement, we can uh, trade with a certain country. The World Trade Organization has regulations called the Sanitary and Phytosanitary Agreements, which allows countries to stop imports from a country if they feel that it's going to cause adverse reactions to their agriculture system. Foot and mouth disease is one of those examples. So if foot and mouth uh, disease were to come into the U.S., the U.S. would be classified as what's considered FMD endemic. And we would only be able to export uh, beef to other countries that are FMD endemic. So we wouldn't be able to go into FMD-free countries, some of those countries that we would lose out on, assuming that only the U.S. had FMD would be places like Japan, South Korea, Mexico, Canada. These are our major export locations that we wouldn't be able to ship to. And and further, those are the places that pay us premiums for our grain-fed beef here. Give me an idea of when countries put these SBS barriers back on, uh, they can take a long time to, uh, to come off. The example that we tend to think about is uh, with BSE that happened. And that happened, you know, 16 years ago. And in January of, of this past year, 2020, China finally agreed to lift their age restrictions on beef imports. And we also saw in the previous year, 2019, when we ratified it with Japan, we also lifted the age and source verification. So these can have large impacts, both in the short run and in the long run. To give you an idea of what that looked like on total beef export value, we dropped about $4 billion right after BSE happened. We didn't recover to pre-2004 trade values until about 2010. Almost took us six years to build back up. So obviously, when an event like that takes place, it can drastically change the market in terms of, especially for a country like the United States that's in the business, especially of exporting high-quality beef. Give some perspective on what might be some things that could be put in place to help mitigate a situation like that, where if a cow with a foot and mouth was found in California, it wouldn't shut off trade for the whole United States. Yeah, absolutely. So within this World Trade Organization sanitary and phytosanitary agreements, there's a principle or a clause in there called regionalization. So this clause basically says if a country, which is deemed as, let's say, FMD endemic, there can be regions within that country 
which can be deemed FMD-free regions. This is not just something in principle that would happen that's written in there. This is something that the United States, for example, actively uses. There's two examples that we're seeing playing out right now. One is with, let's just take FMB. In the state of Santa Catarina in Brazil, that's a, considered an FMD-free zone. So they can ship fresh, chilled, frozen beef to the United States, even saying that Brazil itself, the U.S. classifies Brazil as FMD endemic. So beef coming from Brazil, from other states, have to heat all of their meat prior to being shipped to us. That's one example in the beef industry. Another example in the pork industry now is with African swine fever. Poland has active outbreaks of ASF right now, but there's regions within Poland that aren't infected. And so we still allow pork from Poland to come into the U.S., even though that country has African swine fever in certain areas. So as we think about, again, the impacts of a foreign animal disease or a disease like foot and mouth disease coming into the United States, what should producers think through as they think about maybe trying to prepare themselves to be in the best place to manage an event like that should it occur? Yeah, when I think about best management practices, I always think about going back to making sure we're economically viable and sustainable moving forward making sure that not, we're not overextending ourselves, that we're paying down debt, that we're making sure we're making good purchase decisions. Those are all things that we can proactively do on a, on a day-to-day basis. Another thing that we can do is also, um, if we want to be able to leverage this principle of regionalization, if FMD were to ever come into the U.S., looking into ways that we can trace and monitor the cattle that are coming both in and out off our operation. Things like traceability, things like your secure beef supply plan, those are things that we can do to be proactive out there to make sure that you know we have a plan. If FMD were to come, we knew exactly what to do. And the secure beef supply plans are then given to the state veterinarian. And so when an event like that would happen, they would look at all these beef supply plans, producers would implement those, And people who have those plans would be able to ship cattle quicker than those who didn't. So really looking at it from places of being proactive, we want to make sure that we can move cattle, that we can continue to be profitable in the long run. Anything else you'd like to highlight on this topic as we point towards wrapping up? No, I think there's just different ways that we can look at traceability. There's a lot of conversation going out there about different technologies. Just really encourage you to reach out to either your veterinarian or a person in one of your individual organizations. And if you have questions about that, reach out to them, talk through it, reach out to the other beef educators to to talk about that. Or you could even call me and we'd be more than happy to talk through and just kind of think through these situations with you and uh, make sure we're prepared for potentially a a economically damaging foreign animal disease. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Dennis. Thanks for having me here. For more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. Again, the title of the article is Foreign Animal Disease, Implications for Traceability.